0: the smart connector podcast which looks at the power of connection in business and life featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors we offer tips and advice to build your impact wealth and success attract others for all the right reasons and become a smart connector the architect of your amazing business and life welcome it's the smart connector podcast i have another wonderful guest for you welcome gary doherty
1: hey thank you for having me
0: great to have you here gary so gary's a pr expert and he's a speaker And a founder of Think Network, which specialises in partnerships, collaboration and public speaking, delivered online as well as in physical events, workshops and private groups. And he's facilitated hundreds of TED Talks that have received millions of views worldwide. And he also became a two times TEDx speaker earlier this year himself. And he was also recognised as Ulster Tatler Businessman of the Year 2022. So we're really honoured to have you here, Gary. And we're going to talk tonight about the power of PR. We're going to talk about public speaking and how to become a global thought leader today in 2022 in our very saturated online world. So I can't wait to get into it. So yeah, well, Gary, let's start with your journey. So tell us a little bit about how you came to become an, a PR expert and also about your own TEDx journey, because that's pretty amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for that. I have always had an entre- entrepreneurial spirit and always felt that I could do more, be more, offer more. I didn't really know how I fitted in in the world for a long time. And it's been a journey and a half To get to this point, as it is with people that achieve different levels of success, Gene. But through my inquisitive nature, it took me into the depths and the heart of personal development. And I've always been a lifelong learner, so I suppose I was exercising my personal development before I knew what personal development was. And then my passion led me into serving other people. I love. I get a lot of satisfaction, I get a lot of joy, happiness and fulfillment from helping other people shine. There re- there's a reason for that, it's not by chance, it's because I was the person that wanted to shine, but was, hadn't the courage to, hadn't the courage to t- speak, hadn't the courage to put my hand up, hadn't the courage mm. to put my foot forward, hadn't got the courage to take, I didn't enjoy getting my photograph taken, I, you know, things like that. I was that person that inside knew they had more, but having the courage or the wisdom or the know-how to go and physically do it, physically do. it. So that's why I do what I do. It's not because Gary's this born do-gooder and he just loves going around supporting people because he loves doing that. It's, I actually, at the heart of it, it means a lot to me because I was the person, I was that person. So I, I view it like that, you know.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think sometimes we become experts in something because we're seekers ourselves, aren't we? And so we want to find the answer. We want to find the solution to this thing that we really want. It's like it's there. It's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And we're going to find out how to get there. And then once we do that, then we're going to help others do the same. So that was, yeah, that's your story. That's absolutely fantastic. So, Gary, tell us about your first TED Talk. How did you decide that this was something you wanted to do? Or did the opportunity just (laughs) fall into your lap, as it were?
1: I decided. I'm going to say when I decided, I was taught. I had a mentor at the time, and one of the things that we always talked about was doing a TED talk each. But it was like pie in the sky, pipe dream. I'm going back like years. I'm going back seven, eight, nine years, Mm -hmm. and it was like a pipe dream. It was like the X factor. It was like, and a, a part of the reason for that is because in Northern Ireland there wasn't a lot of TED events, like ever. Right. I'm talking a handful in history. Right. So 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 to do that in your own country, to visualize yourself doing that. It's very difficult to actually visualize that clearly when there hasn't been a lot of it before you, you know. So so when we talked about it, it was like and I wasn't a public speaker at the time. It was like, oh, God, imagine doing that. That would be a, whoa, that'd be a big thing, you know. And, like, it nearly crippled me speaking at my own wedding 22 years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, like, there's a story behind that too, by the way, on the day. I had to be coached and mentored into actually doing that. But so to do a TED Talk, it was like this holy grail. And I and we both, dis- and we drifted apart anyway over the years. He never did do his TED Talk, but I had it in my head that, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know who, but I know I will. I'm like that. You know, I make decisions in my mind, regardless of I know how, and I know I'm going to. And I've already done it today with different things as well. And the inquisitive nature again, the one that took me into the whole personal development world, took me into the TED world. I watched talks, I turned up at events, I asked questions, I connected with people on LinkedIn, I started to follow this, I started to follow that and yeah i just immersed myself into that world and as my profile grew with think network i was put on the radar of a ted licensee who admired what i was doing who unbeknownst to me at the time was following me on my journey on social media i.e my personal brand and how i was turning up on social media and and i sent her a message i sent her a message on linkedin saying hey I hadn't even the courage to put myself forward for the talk, even at that stage. And I said, hey, if you haven't got a host for your event, I would love to host for you. Because I was doing that anyway, Gene, with Think Network, right? Yeah. Moved. So I was thinking, okay, I could put my host hat on here and be the MC. And I got a message back saying, I have a better one than that for you. I would like you to be one of our speakers. Oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that this is a bit early. And then, do you know what I've done? I said yes like that and then figure it out later. Um, yeah, fantastic. that's how I got to that point.
0: Amazing. So, you were really pushed into it, weren't you, then, by somebody else? But it was something that you'd held as an ambition for some time. So, how did you decide the topic of your TED talk? And, in fact, what was the topic? Mm-hmm. The topic
1: was about giving up three feet from gold. I wanted to share the idea that you could always be and should always have in your mind that you could be within touching distance of your goals and your dreams and your ambitions. Yeah. And the reason that was my idea, it's not a revolutionary idea, but I did have a unique perspective on it according to me and my life. And my, I said, basically, my idea was for other people to share their belief with uh, in somebody with them so for example jane if i said to you to, if i knew that you didn't believe in yourself about something or at least seen that sort of doubt in you and about something but i actually believed in you if i had the courage to actually say it to you because most people don't how many people do you hear going around telling people i i believe in, you know you just don't hear it really so Not really somebody did it in me somebody did it in me Somebody told me they believed in me in front of two or three hundred people. And I borrowed that belief and I ran with it my I made it mine through time, affirmations and talking to myself and convincing myself that they were right. They must be right. This person's revered and they're telling me they believe in me. So my talk was, who can you tell that you believe in them so yeah. they don't give up three feet from gold?
0: That's and so nice. What a lovely message to spread to the world. I love that.
1: Thank you. And it was inspired by my late father-in-law, Marcel McCollum, who believed in me. And that talk was for him. And that talk was very personal for me. That talk was very emotional for me. You can hear my voice breaking halfway through it at one point. And it meant a lot to me. It didn't go viral. I didn't care. That talk was for me, for him, for my family and everybody else second after that, to be honest. To be really honest, well, what, well, yes and no. I'm contradicting myself there, uh, but I needed to do that for me, and with the hope that it would help somebody else's.
0: I mean, to a certain extent, I haven't done a TED talk myself, but I would imagine that some of it is about legacy in a way. It's about the message that you want to leave behind in yeah. the world, yeah. and it is about the value that you want to bring to the world as well. I'm sure, of but. Of You know, it's also an incredible tool in terms of building your authority, your credibility, getting people to understand what's unique about you as opposed to everybody else that's out there. And I think that's why people are so attracted to the idea of doing something Like this, but the thing is, Gary, it wasn't. It wasn't enough for you to finish there. You went and did a second one as well, didn't you? So, tell us about that. What inspired you to go second time around, and what was your second talk all about? So, listen. Before
1: I actually go on that, I want to just say something in this live. And this, this is unprompted, and you're not expecting this. I actually think you should do one at some point. You're very eloquent, and you speak very well, and I like listening to you, and you're very good with words and for good vocally I actually think you should do one of some so there there's one for you fire back that
0: I would actually love to I would love to do a TED talk and talk about the power of connection and talk about how when I grew up connection was something that was almost like a dirty word you know the whole idea was that you had to be independent you didn't ask people for help you didn't This whole thing about being interconnected, interdependent—you know, being a part of something that was bigger than you—was not very much, not the way it was in my family. So I learned about the power of connection quite late in life. So I think that would be the topic of my TED talk.
1: Yeah, and I think it's amazing. I think you should look at look under that. You were saying to me about my TED talk number two. enough, Funnily enough. As you move through the gears in this in, in this world, you become more visible, you've seen your head more, opportunities come thicker and faster because people know you, they see you, they know, like and trust you, they know that you can turn up and do it. And mm-hmm. it was a of the pandemic and through my networking and through my not just networking, uh, through my building my relationships with people, I I was invited to do a virtual one. Uh-huh. Right. So 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 this was new. Right. And this was at a time when we were pretty much not in full lockdown, but close to. Can't go X amount of miles away from your home. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So we adhered to all that, of course. But because we weren't seeing people, physical people anymore, you weren't even allowed to see some members of your family, weren't allowed to visit parents, all that crazy stuff that we know went on in the world and we all lived through it. And we all went through it together. I started to play around with the idea And it was a play in words, of course, when I tell you this, but I started to play around with the idea, do I actually need or want to meet people physically again? Now, of course I do, and I have, and I will, but I was playing around with the... The essence of what I was saying was this. We don't need to meet physically as much as we did before. And when you are meeting physically and... Choose your meetings very carefully. Time is precious. Time with yourself and your family is precious. I became more time and conscious. Time conscious. I became more aware of the value of my time. And I was driving hours and having back to back coffee meetings. And I was shooting the breeze for half the day. And I was leaving my family. And I was driving 500 miles. When I could jump on a Zoom with Eugene, boom, be so productive. Things happened building relationships, deepening relationships, adding real value. So I was starting to play around with the idea mm. that do I physically need to meet people anymore? Do I even want to physically meet somebody anymore? Can Has my virtual emotional intelligence heightened to enough where I can really connect with people online like never before and maybe never again, you know, the same impact? So that's what my second talk was about. It was very mm. relevant to the time that we were in. But my idea was it wasn't it wasn't tongue in cheek, but it was I was challenging people's mindsets and my own to a certain degree going forward. And it went viral.
0: Yeah, so it went viral. Well, very topical, of course. So I'm not surprised. So tell us about what happened then next. It just
1: caught fire, went crazy. 60,000 views in one week, twenty. 30,000 views in 24 hours, my inbox, being messages, everything went mad. Local media got hold of it. it, just went crazy. I was this guy that didn't want to meet people again. And and there's this virtual, you know, this virtual being almost. And But it was really good. It really put me on the map around that time, as did Clubhouse. Believe it or not, of all platforms, Clubhouse blew up for me at that time as well, because it was like the lockdown app. It it was everybody flocked to you in the morning for whatever room was going like about popular culture or, you know, motivation. Every People were looking for community. People were looking to be together. People were looking for other like minds. They needed them more than ever, Jane. Yes. They needed them more than ever, you know, you, me. And that's why Zoom went through the roof. Zoom was always there. Zoom was there two years or five years ago, six, Mm -hmm. seven years ago. But it only... Caught fire, 2020. So everybody flocked. They needed something, wanted something, needed to be together. And that was the thing. And that blew my social media up at the time, by the way. Yeah,
0: I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Everything just blew up for me at that time. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting because it just speeded up change so much more than would have happened otherwise. And we're obviously feeling the benefits and the drawbacks of that now, because, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think for people who, they embrace the online world, and I'm certainly with you in that, you know, it's convenient, it's fast. It's, if you know how to use it in the right way, then it's very powerful. But it's hard for a lot of people. You know, a lot of the people that I speak to are struggling. They have been struggling because they were not equipped for this world. And, you know, so you help people really put their brand, grow their brand online through PR, through awards, through speaking, through TED Talks, through even Wikipedia, their own Wikipedia page. So you're really amplifying their footprint, aren't you, online? And yeah, and so those are such powerful things to do because it's so hard, isn't it, just to stand out and to really get the attention of your ideal clients, your ideal audience, whoever it is that you're aiming for. The first rule of thumb is you want them to see you as more valuable and more of an authority, I suppose, than others that they might also be talking to. So let's just talk about that the value of PR and why all that stuff is important.
1: Yeah, well, I'm very passionate about this here because for me, it's bigger than PR. You talk about PR, people think traditional PR, newspapers, ads in the local list, billboard, or whatever conventional PR was. You know, for me, I'm talking about standing out in a world where it's easy to blend in. I'm say I'm talking about shining the light on people that deserve to be heard, deserve to be seen, deserve to be respected, to deserve to earn money, deserve to for their product and service to really shine. So I often work, I find that because of my attitude to what I do and I attract A clientele that have got a purpose much bigger than self. People that are out to create impact, not just sell a book or not just promote, even promote just a business. I'm talking, I deal with people normally who have got a passion and purpose much greater than self. They want to create meaningful change in the world. They want to improve lives of people they may never meet. Yes, Everybody's got a product, service, and offering to sell, or most people have, and quite rightly they deserve to do well as off the back of the PR. But usually their driver is to just create more impact, reach more people, touch more people, improve more people's lives, including theirs. Including theirs. And that's where the leverage and the capitalizing of your visibility comes in. But usually it's like people being driven by money. Or by driven by their mission and vision, you know what I mean. So money is like a short term motivator. A short term, yeah. it's important, and we should all earn lots of money because we all deserve to have great abundance in our life. That's actually a TED talk for somebody I wish would do because a lot of people don't like talking about money, and that's why some a lot of people don't have money. Is I believe that the conversation about money is that should be a healthy one. You des- we deserve to earn money, all of us and lots of it, so that we can do great things with it for ourselves and others. But I'm way off on a rant now in a, another uh, angle. But yeah, I love shining the light on people and see see them achieve their potential and help and know that I am part of that journey. It gives me joy, happiness and fulfillment. And you've heard me say those three words already, but that's very important to me personally. I could earn a lot of money doing things that don't bring me that. And I don't.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that that famous publicist called Max Clifford, wasn't there? And you're kind of like the anti Max Clifford, aren't yeah, you?
1: <laughs> I'm, not I'm not about that. I'm about the hand and heart. We don't always get it right, but we our results speak for themselves. We have people scaled up to seven, eight, nine figure but we well, not nine figure, seven and eight figure businesses. I've worked with people that have scaled. Up. I'm not saying I was the reason they did. What I am saying is I was part of their journey. Mm-hmm did work with me, they did do some good things, we did do we did work together. So this has a part to play in I believe in success, achieving whatever success is to you, if you are looking to be seen, heard and visible online.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important point. And I certainly know, for me, I can't see why I would want to go through all of this if I didn't have a message to bring to the world, if I really didn't believe that I had value that I could create out there. I mean, it just has to be the driver because there are many easier ways to make money, to be honest. Yes. You know, if you are driven to be somebody who has a voice and who can be found and who people can discover and follow and like and you know consume in terms of what you're putting out there it has to be it has to be of interest and it has to be of value doesn't it you can't actually do it if you're just doing it for the money (laughs) you just can't because people will spot that from a mile off won't they of course
1: i think as you say when you're a people person like you are definitely and i am you know, we love meeting people, I love, I'm one of these people, I love seeing other people succeed, like genuinely from my heart, even people I may not actually like have a great energy or vibe with, because we're all different people, aren't we in this world, you're not going to get on with everybody all of the time, but like, I actually thrive off seeing other people do well, and even people that are maybe not in my sphere of influence or aren't my flavor or whatever it might be, and maybe I'm not theirs or whatever. I still champion other people, and always and it never ceases to inspire me because I'm that person too. And how can you not the word hate, but how can you be? How can you hate on somebody else's success but and want to be successful yourself? No,
0: True. So, Gary, let's just get on to some specifics. So, let's say I wanted to do a TED Talk myself. Or would you actually discover a topic? I mean, do people normally have something that they have a burning passion and they just know what they want to talk about? Or is there a kind of structure or a filter, filtering system? Or, you uh, know, how does it all happen? I'm sure people want to know.
1: Yeah, both is the answer. Both, they usually have something they want to talk about. But here's what I would share with anybody listening to this. And this is said with love. This is said with good intention to help you. This is said with knowledge and wisdom from experience gained so that you don't run run down a blind alley with this. Nine times out of ten, the applicants that I have had over the years didn't know what a TED talk actually and really was, right? Interesting. You would think, well, a TED talk is what it is. It's this motivational talk or whatever. A TED talk, in fact, is not, in capital letters, a motivational or inspirational talk. If it inspires and motivates somebody, fantastic. But that is not the intention. A TED talk is an idea worth sharing and spreading with the world. It could okay. be it could be that your idea is that wheels and a car should be square and not round. And here's why of course they're not going to be square and round. I'm playing with words, of course. But you get my point. It yeah. has to be an idea, worth a idea. A single
0: yeah.
1: idea. Yeah. Like for example, my daughter did a TED talk and her idea was that we have she my daughter and we have two autistic grandsons, two autistic sons, she has two autistic sons. And her idea was they don't have to change to fit in with the world. The world needs to change for them to fit in. And she talked about examples of going into a shop and how shopkeepers would do this or how there's no access to this at school or how, et etc. Et so we talked about society needs to adapt to mm. autistic people, not autistic people adapting to them.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's an idea, whether you agree with it or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so... That's the first thing I say to anybody: study what a TED Talk actually is, basic fundamentals. Just because you like the brand and you like the red dot and you think it's going to look great in your bio, my advice is immerse yourself in the world of TED. What mm-hmm. is a TED Talk? Do you know how many minutes it should be? Do you? What's your favorite TED Talk? Have you watched any at all, really? Have you actually went to any events even? You know, be for me the best TED speakers become TED students.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. So
1: so when you contact me for the first time, you best know a wee bit about it, because if I feel it's just oh, I want to do a TED talk, but I haven't a clue, Gary, you be the fountain, be the Wikipedia of TED talks for me. I'm like, I want from you somebody that's travelled a wee bit of path, understanding what it actually is. And then we talk about the idea, of jail, but that's the first point. And that's the most valuable one for anybody, because they're going to hit roadblocks if they don't even do that.
0: <coughs> yeah, Sorry. I think the thing that always impresses me about the TED talks that I've seen is that they have incredible structure. And mm-hmm. I always notice that there, there is obviously a clear structure that they're following. Mm-hmm. And it is it makes their talk compelling because obviously this has been involved over a period of time and i think it's just amazing that we can actually go online and we can see all these people delivering all these amazing talks on these amazing stages and It's just absolutely fantastic. Okay, so let's move on from talking about TED Talks, Gary, and Wikipedia. How many people would love to have their own Wikipedia page but have no idea where to start? And I gather that it's a bit of a minefield. So I'd love to hear more about that and about your experience and the service that you provide.
1: Yeah, thank you. um... In our business and what we do, we're very innovative and very creative. What as I was saying earlier, we're not traditional PR people. PR is one stream to my business, one I want to take very seriously and it's one I give my heart and soul to. And I've quickly realised through personal branding is that if you have got a high value product, service, or offering, and you want to create impact in the world, it's how you may have a great product service and offering, you might be a great person, you might be an amazing human being, but unless you're also perceived like you know you are, then the likelihood of you excelling with what you have is slim because people need to know who you are to start with. They need to like who you are. Likeability is a, it takes, can take us a long way in life. We're to be everybody's cup of tea, but as long as we are trying our best and trust, know, like and trust. And that's where our online presence either stands up or falls down. And what we have realized is there are certain ingredients that add to that notability online, like a TED talk, like appearing in tier one articles like Forbes, Inc, Market Watch, Star Tribune, Digital Journal, whoever it may be. Mm -hmm. But another one is, have been featured as a person of notability on Wikipedia, which is mm-hmm. like over the physical encyclopedia that we all would have had rows of at home when we were young, and that is where re- people of notability are recognised for who they are, where they are in the world, and what they actually do. It's like almost like equivalent of having a blue tick being verified on a social media platform. And it's—I realised for about two years that it was a minefield to go through. Yeah, companies all over the world offering it, and quite often not delivering it from the research that I did, and not delivering it to the expectations of the clients, not meeting their expectations. So when I found myself in this world, I really started to study and explore how this came about. So I went through the process myself. Okay, now, the reason that you want to get a Wikipedia page isn't for marketing purposes per se that's how you get a Wikipedia page shut down by the way is when you're shouting from the rooftops I'm on Wikipedia buying my product and service and offering it's actually the same as breaking a rule with a TED talk hey I've got a TED talk here's my book you know what I mean it's for the reasons it's for the reasons that your potential client can know like and trust you you're a person of notability the essence of it is pure if you know what I mean yeah and so, so that's what we talk to people about, the integrity of it, the, how it's important that it's managed, and that we take people through that process. But yeah, it's something that a lot of people are wanting, similar to social media verification. Everybody wants it, and nobody knows how to get it. Yeah. We're still trying to crack that one, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah, so just to go back to the topic of PR, Gary, because... Yeah you know, I worked in media and entertainment for 20 years in London at very high level big global advertising agencies there were PR big PR agencies within those groups that I operated in so obviously I got to know some of the key strategic in PR at the time, you know, just in the world. And for me, I don't think about PR as just placing an article in a magazine or a, a local newspaper or something like that because I've never been exposed to that type of PR, to be honest. The PR people that I work with, were they were extremely strategic. And that is my notion of PR. So, for example, when we scaled and sold, the brand identity company that I ran to the U.S. communications group into public, what was the primary tool that took the growth from one to six million before getting it sold? It was PR. I always say that because Mm -hmm. it was a PR strategy. You know, that was what changed the perception of the business in the marketplace and actually got a different caliber of clients coming you know, there with these opportunities. For me, that that was always my understanding of PR. And I think a lot of people don't really understand it. They don't actually get it. That it is at its core, I think, a really strategic activity to take your business to the next level. And obviously all of these tools, like you know, the TED Talk, Wikipedia or whatever, they're very sophisticated tools because they're not they're not selling their positioning yes that's the difference yes. don't you think
1: totally you're storytelling to the world yeah your storytelling when you storytell the stories you know the story sells for you you know people buy from people that's why people buy from me because they know i'm credible they know i'm notable they trust me i deliver and we we'll take massive action there's somebody commented in there
0: so, yes, we were just, uh, you know, talking about the power of PR to strategically mm-hmm. influence the perception of your yourself, obviously, if you're, you know, if you're the face of your business or your business in the eyes of your target audience. And it's shifting beliefs, really, and shifting perception and also shifting that faith and trust that they have in you, right?
1: Oh, totally, totally. And I think it's something that is done over time. Mm. It is done with consistency. Yeah. It is done with commitment to the process and continuously improving as you go. And a lot of people think it's a quick fix. No quick fixes. There is no magic wand. It is hard work, smart work, and strategic work done mm. with integrity and consistently over time, minimum six months, in my experience, to have impact that yep. impact that's measurable properly. Yep and that's what we tell our clients and that's what that's the message that we preach I'm not here to take somebody's money quickly and promise them xyz I would rather not do that because I don't want to uh, over promise and under deliver we always aim to exceed our customers and clients expectations and on the whole we do thankfully but again that's not by chance that's through being focused and being open and honest and transparent as much as you physically can be in this world
0: yeah yeah and yes i mean definitely i think it took us about 6 months before we, we really started to see the impact of very consistent effort and we had a you know an agency i mean we paid a quite a lot of money to an agency to do this work for us but it really did work and what's kind of interesting is look all of the most successful, wealthy and successful people in the world, they all value this PR. I mean, that's really what media is all about. It's all a fight for our hearts and our minds, isn't it? At the heart of it, that is what it is all about. It is not just something that is a bolt-on activity. Media and the the way that media influences our perception of what's going on in the world, you know what people we think are good, you know I think it's kind of interesting the the war in Kiev, for example, because you know without getting too political, there are many different sides to the story and yet you know with this and with a lot of other um ideas let's just say that are pushed through the media when you are trained in that and when you have that background you do recognize that look you know it's a bit like being a lawyer isn't it that you can push a certain agenda you can push a certain story or you can push another story but there is often another side to the story that is not being represented and so it can be used for the good but it can be used for the bad as well can't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What I focus on, what we focus on what, and we tell our, the people we work with as well, or we talk with, is let's focus on what we can control. We can control about how we turn up and show up to the world, regardless yeah. of the external circumstances there are. And I applied this approach through COVID and all the rest of it. I controlled what I could control. And that gave me confidence and reduced my anxiety. You know, And that's how you, that's what, I adopt the same attitude in my business. I encourage people to turn up, show up consistently and persistently and relentlessly. The very best version of themselves. That means the best graphic, the best video with subtitles. It means being the, in the publications you need to be in. It means being on the social media platforms you need to be in, being consistent with your message over time and really storytelling what your product and service and I I think if you focus and stay focused on you and the very best and being the very best version of your and ticking those boxes and continuously improving you know you won't be far away
0: yeah and you've referred consistently Gary to storytelling and we haven't really talked about the power of storytelling but stories get to us much faster don't they than any other forms of communication so that's something that you're passionate about as well aren't you
1: yeah, well, that, I think that's born from my TED experience, isn't it? Where, you know, people weave stories through their ideas and share share in your personal experience as you've went through it and so on. Yeah, from my experience, if you don't show people... how People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, so in your story, I feel it's very important to be to relate to other people, make sure it relates to other people. There's no point you telling a story about something that obscure that nobody else has ever experienced because they're never going to relate to it. Much better you telling a story about something that most people will have seen, heard, done, experienced because what happens then when you tell that type of story, and this is a secret ingredient in a TED talk, is you create a shared experience. When I'm listening to Eugene and or Richard or somebody telling me a story that resonates with me, you've got me. I care more. I'm bought in. I'm going, yeah, that happened to me one time, or something similar happened to me. But if you're telling me something obscure, it's like it's very difficult to relate to that when you want to appeal to the masses or you want to appeal to your target audience. Give them a reason to care. Give them a reason.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's so powerful and that's also of course the power of podcasting, isn't it, that we're able to we're able to get together and actually share these kind of conversations with people like Richard who's been commenting like mad tonight. Thank you so much Richard for your support. And uh, you know, obviously podcasting, it goes out to a global audience and for me that's really meaningful, that even if People can't afford my services. They can learn from people like you and some of my other guests. And, you know, I can be the curator of that experience and actually give them some really valuable things to think about and to take away and that's just hugely rewarding so yeah well Gary it's been such a pleasure to talk to you tonight so what I'd love to do is for you to tell everybody how they can get hold of you whether where they can watch your TED talks and where they can find out more.
1: If you connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn it is garyb.com Doherty, as you see on the screen. The B is for Brian, which is my middle name. And the reason, and it's, this is part of personal branding, so here's another wee golden nugget for you all. Google your name right now, if you're somebody that, that is leading a business or striving. Do you see yourself when you go? If not, neither will your customers, right? So that's the first thing. Secondly, there's another Gary Doherty in the world, much more famous and notable than me, and when people were searching for me, they couldn't find me. So I use my initial now, GaryBee.Doherty, and you best believe there's not too many of them about. And when you search for that, you find me. So that's a tip for you. So when you're on social media, search for that. You will find me, connect with me on social media, and reach out to me anytime. I'll send you my two TED Talks, and you can feed back to me how great or not they are. <laughs>
0: Ah, oh, that's great. Well, thank you again, Gary. It's been such a pleasure and an honour to have you here tonight. And yeah, really look forward to chatting again soon.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Jim.
0: Bye for now. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to, rate and review my podcast, as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass, and I'll show you how.